Welcome traders to another Performante podcast. Want to uh, congratulate first off every single person who has been holding uh, basically for the bear run since the end of the last bull market, which was the end of 2017. We have now hit an all time high for Bitcoin. So uh, yeah, this is a special episode. And thank you very much for tuning in again. Topic basically of this uh, podcast is going to be looking at BTC, some of the institutions that are really profiting from the early investments they've made that we've talked about really in depth throughout previous podcasts. And then we'll look at some of the stocks and uh, market caps that Bitcoin is bigger than. There's actually not many companies that have a larger market cap than BTC, surprisingly. So we'll take a look at uh, a pretty good list of that. And then uh, we'll end off with some CME news and a little bit of uh, poking fun at Bort David Portnoy. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in and I'll pass it over on to Nathan. Hey everyone, just to jump right into it. Congratulations to Diamond Hands who held all the way through the bear market. We made a new all-time high, smashed it by 10%. But personally, I think the real test of time will be when we retest 20K as a support. We've smashed through it. God knows where this impulse push, impulse push will end up. But uh, there's no better feeling than all-time highs for Bitcoin. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people think the same thing because uh, recently around right when BTC started breaking around the 20K mark, Binance, Coinbase both crashed. So uh, we've seen this before where a lot of exchanges back in 2017 couldn't even take on more clients. They can't even open up like profiles or anything to actually uh, trade in, on exchanges. So um, it's crazy the uh, level of involvement the retail trader is on average getting into in terms of crypto now at this point at 20K. So in my opinion, um, this is going to be basically 2017, not all over again, but in terms of the price action and the continuation patterns we're looking for, it's very similar playbook that we're going to be playing out of. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a uh, another video, but we can see a lot of people uh, talking on Twitter, Pomp, Coinbase is down at 6.34 a.m. today. So it's pretty early. A lot of people were pretty interested in that, and I do think that there's some algorithms that are um, really just uh, at a certain point it'll trigger and um, they, they all trigger at the same time I guess it's just uh, the back end of their system can't handle so many um, connections between buyers and sellers but pretty interesting what are your thoughts there Nathan uh, honestly I didn't really expect Binance to go down Coinbase has an absolutely ruthless reputation for their service going down Binance is has a better track record but still couldn't sustain the volume. I guess that just proves don't FOMO always have those positions before because at the time, I can't even imagine the volume and pure user demand that platforms like Bybit or BitMEX or PrimeXBT were experiencing because those leverage positions, bots coming in and out in seconds, maybe Wall Street bets people on 100 or more leverage coming in and out of the market quick. Just an absolute intense demand on the service. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how these services scale with this rising demand, because I do not think that Bitcoin will be slowing down in 2021. And just to uh, poke a little fun at our boy Jamie Demon, Diamond, sorry, 
the head of JP Morgan. So as of today, Bitcoin's market cap overtook JP Morgan's. Absolutely love to see it. So we see that JP Morgan has a market cap of 367 billion and Bitcoin has a market cap of 404 billion. So beat it around $37 billion with this solid impulse push to the upside. And it's roughly three years after Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin a fraud, which is a pretty ironic timing as around this era in the wintertime when everything crashed. And it turns out that Jamie Dimon was wrong because Bitcoin's passed his market cap. Yeah, it's a pretty good slap in the face. I think the entire community is very happy with this. <laughs> and it like couldn't have been on a better day. You know what I mean? Just uh, feels good for sure. And we'll take a look at it, uh, a couple other companies that BTC is above and maybe some companies that are below. So uh, before we get into that, we're actually going to talk about some companies that position themselves very st strategically well in uh, what you get, I guess you could say the market now, just because with BTC really breaking to the upside, we see companies like Square up 100% on its $50 million Bitcoin purchase. Pretty unbelievable. And uh, we do see... They followed the MicroStrategy theme of really getting a lot of exposure in BTC and other cryptocurrency-related uh, investments. So, uh, yeah, I do think that there's going to be more companies that are going to be looking at this as an investment as well, or at least a means to, uh, you know, hedge uh, against inflation, uh, really diversify the portfolio, or really even if you are a... Uh, I guess a provider of a service, incorporating it into your platform. So then the friction is just that much less and the ease in the on-ramp for new investors and traders is just going to widen and widen and widen. So, um, you know, FOMO is going to occur even at an institutional level or a retail level. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's pretty great news to see companies that really took a not early entry, but seemingly early entry, I, I think later on will really benefit. And then there's going to be foam, mass FOMO later on. Yeah, I mean, we've seen all these kind of cutting edge tech companies taking the leap of faith, putting some cash into Bitcoin, because ultimately they want to avoid the melting pot of dirty, dirty fiat. Uh, keeping in tune with that vibe, we have MicroStrategy. Uh, some people analyze their balance sheet and with this recent push to the upside they have come to the conclusion that MicroStrategy could be the owner of 0.4% of all circulating Bitcoin. There is some speculation in terms of what is circulating versus what is lost uh, which I think is what the debate is about but essentially MicroStrategy is playing the massive massive accumulation game. They're treating it like digital real estate and it looks like they're going to have well over a billion dollars of Bitcoin on their balance sheet as this final bond sale comes to fruition. Yeah, looking a little bit uh, further down, or I guess higher up on the list of people who, people or I guess funds who are really, really taking the accumulation game to new heights is the Winklevoss twins. They alone are expected to hold more than 0.4% of the circulating supply. So could be, you know, 0.5 really or more, who knows, which is pretty crazy to think about. And the billionaire venture investor Chamath 
uh, really going to botch his last name. Uh, I'm sure you know who he is if you're interested in anything related to do with the financial space. Extremely well known. Uh, but overall, he's also uh, expected to have more than 0.5%. So if you look at this in, I guess, a digital planet or digital earth, if you own half a percent of all land on digital earth, let's say, you know, think of how much wealth that would create. So it's pretty unbelievable to think in terms of percentage terms of the total amount of circulating supply because we know that BTC gets lost or, um, you know, get sent to wrong addresses. There's never going to be 21 million. There's going to be a lot less. It's like the float of, of a share structure. There's going to be some locked um, shares and stuff. So it's going to it's going to be a sh shrinking float structure after all the BTC is mined forever. So it's going to be deflationary. So I agree that they're playing the accumulation game, and I think they will get rewarded handsomely in uh, many generations to come because of that. Agreed. We've seen such high momentum from Bitcoin already. I mean, just taking a quick look at some of these market cap competitors, uh, we see some big names like Apple. Apple's market cap is almost $2.2 trillion. Microsoft is right up there with a cool $1.65 trillion. Those are the two biggest companies in the world. But scrolling down, uh, it's like 10 spots, no, 12 spots, uh, we have Walmart. And just below that is Bitcoin. So Walmart's market cap is $411 billion. Absolutely insane. And Bitcoin is tucked right underneath $404 billion. And still, we have these massive companies, Walt Disney, Verizon, Adobe, Nike, Coca-Cola, Netflix. Some of those names aren't even half of Bitcoin's market cap. So it feels like we've come a long way. But I think within the context of where we are going, looking forward into 2021, we're just getting started. Yeah, the, the goal is to beat basically every single stock. And I think once that is, uh, once that tips and I think people look at Bitcoin more as gold, where it's not a single company, it's more as a hedge against the entire global currency system because gold is global you know it's a nine trillion dollar market so i think right now we're comparing it to single equities or single stocks and companies but at the end of 2021 and even when it consolidates after there's gonna go, there's gonna be a bear market for every bull market we're gonna be looking at entire asset classes potentially or at least comparing btc with other forms of sound money, silver, gold, and, and Bitcoin, in my opinion, as well as Nathan's, I'm sure, is going to play a vital role and going to actually ascend to those levels. So it's going to be a monumental move um, and it's going to be a complete sh different shift in how the entire civilization views Bitcoin, I think. It's not going to be just this random asset digital currency. It's going to be a, a way to really hedge yourself against any single central bank. And I kind of think it's going to create more of a community on planet earth to some degree um which is kind of a heartwarming thing to think about kind of so uh keeping it tuned with the the overall bullishness the cme futures announces ethereum future contracts so that's pretty interesting we did see grayscale come out with uh, a bunch of different 
uh, products that allows investors to use the stock market basically to gain exposure into places, uh, things like Litecoin, Horizon, Ethereum Classic, Ethereum, as well as obviously the GBTC Bitcoin fund. So uh, we do see more ways to gain exposure into these altcoins, not just Bitcoin. So uh, overall, that's great for the cryptocurrency market. I think as time goes on, there's going to be quite a significant difference between what Bitcoin provides investors and let's say what Ethereum provides investors. Um, just two very different projects. But in terms of just mass adoption and the ease of friction to invest in other altcoins, I think it's just overall extremely positive for the cryptocurrency market. Yeah, CME has really been one of the forerunners in terms of increasing usability and allowing on-ramps for basically fiat dollars to flow into crypto. And this Ethereum news is no different. Uh, there'll be an interesting product to see to come to fruition and the overall volume of which it's used because the Bitcoin CME volume is pretty thready. Sometimes it's super high volume breaking records and sometimes it can be underwhelming. Which I guess makes sense because maybe the institutional or retail investors that are using it are maybe just more interested in the volatility aspects rather than kind of the consolidations. Who knows? That's pretty speculative. But either way, going to be keeping an eye on these CME futures. And so for our last story today, we have a little bit of friendly banter to poke at our friend Dave Portnoy. Basically, he panic sold the dip. He uh, he sold at twelve thousand. No, sorry, he sold underneath eleven thousand, uh, and he was holding quite a bit of Bitcoin. Um, and the amount that he had when he panic sold everything today would be worth three hundred and sixty thousand dollars, with the price having risen eighty percent, which is absolutely mental. I'm actually I'm gonna check out his Twitter because I'm gonna see. If he's, I want to see if he's addressed. Uh, <laughs> the loss. Yeah. Because uh, he was super bullish on a shitcoin called Orchid. Uh, he liked Chainlink. And uh, I feel like he really lost sight of his appetite for risk. Just because uh, he panic sold. He had weak hands, sold the bottom. And uh, overall couldn't take the heat of the crypto market. Cash. It's uh, pretty common yeah. to see shakeouts, that's for sure. 100%. Doesn't look like he has actually addressed crypto at all. Hopefully he'll get on it tomorrow with his Davy the Day Trader stream. <laughs> He's an interesting fellow, that guy. Pretty entertaining, though. <laughs> Agreed. He's so rich. Yeah. He has so much money from the company he took public. He can pretty much just fuck around and do whatever he wants. Yeah, he has fuck you money, for sure. Yeah, that's the that's the bottom line. He has fuck you money. Yeah. It's Alrighty. pretty funny, though, because... Uh, no, I was just going to say, he still acts like he's... Like, a br like not a bro, but like a uh, college... Yeah, he seems like the guy that went to college and never Dude. grew up. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's but super then... successful, 100%. Oh, 100%, totally. Just the way he, like, his demeanor... Mm -hmm. It's like he's like a 30-year-old frat member. Yeah, <laughs> kind of funny to watch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's a really great great way to end off our 29th episode for our Performante podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in again, and uh, I'll pass it over on to Nathan. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Cheers to making it above 20K. Uh, who knows where Bitcoin will go in the future. But if you do want to stay informed, join the Discord, message us on Instagram, however it may be. Uh, we wish you the best, everyone. Stay safe out there.